This season of My First Dungeon is sponsored by Soul Muppet Publishing and their Kickstarter campaign for Orbital Blues Afterburn. We have been fans of Soul Muppet Publishing for a while now and are beyond excited to be working with them as part of this campaign. Zach, Sam, Josh, and the entire team at Soul Muppet Publishing create the kind of games that we love to play, ones that target specific experiences and leverage every aspect of the text, the visuals, and the mechanics of the game to support players and their game masters at the table. Everything in Orbital Blues Afterburn will absolutely deliver on that same promise. Click on the link to the Kickstarter campaign in our show notes to help back this excellent project and to support an awesome company like Soul Muppet Publishing. And with that, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to My First Dungeon, the tabletop role-playing podcast that helps game masters learn new games and make each one better than the last. This is our session zero for a brand new season. What season, you ask? What game are we playing, you might wonder? Well, how about I give it a little intro here? It is an intergalactic age of cowboys, outlaws, and bandits playing on an interstellar stage. It is a time of hyper-capitalism and cutthroat gig economy. Unreliable trash heaps carry scrappy underdogs to their next gig, while corporate freighters lumber across the horizon laden with an empire's bounty. The back streets of every terraformed metropolis brim with a thousand lonely hearts and a thousand more venal vendettas. The burnt-out wastelands between bright lights are lawless bat countries, anachronistic Americana languishing beneath multiple moons. Madness in every direction at every solar hour. These are the music-fueled Moon Age daydreams of a rebel space age. These are your orbital blues. Yes, indeed, this season we're playing Orbital Blues uh, from Soul Muppet Publishing. Very excited to be sponsored by Soul Muppet Publishing uh, coming up for their Orbital Blues Afterburn Kickstarter for the supplement to this game. We've been wanting to do some like space games on, on this show for a while, and Orbital Blues is absolutely the one that we have to do. Big fans of space. Big fans of space here, yeah. if, if you space. didn't know. <laughs> Absolutely love space. Love space. I like space. Now, what you're wondering right now is, <laughs> who are all those other voices that I'm hearing on this podcast? Well, <laughs> let me go ahead and introduce you to them. And we're going to start all the way over in the UK, because this is a UK-based company, so we got to start with a UK-based player. <laughs> uh, if you're a regular listener to My First Dungeon, then you know him. They're a TTRPG writer, actual play producer, and performer from the UK. You'll remember him as Enoch the Dictator from our Die season. You can hear them right now in their Over the Garden Wall-inspired actual play, Beyond the Brook. Please welcome back to the show, Draconix! Thank you, thank you. You can hold the applause, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We we cannot and we will not hold the applause. (laughs) I'm so excited. This is going to be, I've got ideas, this is going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> I love someone coming in with the statement I've got ideas <laughs> it's, it's almost as good as I've got thoughts <laughs> I've got notes got notes so we go from the UK across the Atlantic to our New York contingent of people if you know my first dungeon you're going to recognize all these names 
First up, you know him as a designer of games like Something is Wrong with the Chickens and most recently and most notably for this show, Project Echo. Please welcome back Elliot Davis. Hello. Space. 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 The final frontier. Uh... Next up, you'll recognize him as Grink from Ten Candles, Nuki from Wander Home, Jayamal from Die, It Is None Other Than, your friend and mine, Chinook to Sarah. It's wild. We keep having him back. We keep having that same reaction every time. I don't know why. (laughs) Definition of insanity is thinking you're going to get something new, but it just doesn't happen. (laughs) And last but not least of our New York crew, you have heard her right here playing Babs in Ten Candles, Kelly with both an I and with a Y in our die season, Gertrude in Yuzeva's Bed and Breakfast, and Agent 007, that's right, Agent 0707 in our Project Echo season. Please welcome back Abby Hepworth. We've gone from the UK to New York. We got to go a whole three more times. Let's get over to Los Angeles, California to introduce our last player. Uh, you can find her writing and acting on Dropout, in Game Changer, and in Breaking News when she's not streaming as Jacuzzi Tubs on Twitch. Uh, you can also find her hosting FMK Champions on You Jokes. Very excited to reintroduce the lovely Carolyn Page. Uh-oh. You are Uh-oh. also allowed on the stage. This is my voice now. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh, ragged ragged bones. Bones. Oh, right. oh, God. <laughs> Did that voice hurt to do? Every voice hurts a little bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I don't know if your parents told you, but if you do that voice for too long, it will get stuck like that. It yeah. Stuck like this. It's very hard to get a job. That's why I'm not a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's that's too real. It's too real for me. <laughs> So now we go from the UK to NY to LA and blast off into outer space into the frontier galaxy that is the setting for Orbital Blues. For those of you who don't know, space in Orbital Blues is not shiny and and lovely and beautiful like it is. You're not seeing fancy spaceships out there unless you are wildly wealthy and none of us will ever be able to afford one of those types of spaceships. The vibe for Orbital Blues is cassette tapes. It's CRT televisions. It's wood paneling spaceships. Like, that's the kind of vibe you're thinking. Everything there is corporatized. It is robust, mass-produced, kitsch. It's form over function. It's unreliable. It's branded. Everything in this world is corporate and competitive. We are just people struggling in a gig economy trying to survive. If that feels too real, it's because it <laughs> is. It's like galactic fast fashion, but for ships. Oh exactly. My God. Yeah, it right? Is, yeah. Like you buy the Shein jacket and then it breaks in two weeks. That's like you're, you just bought a new like reactive coupler for your ship. And it's like, you know, it's going to bust, but it's going to look good for this one gig. In Orbital Blues, there are three things that the setting says about Orbital Blues setting. And the first one is, for better or for worse, humanity has colonized known space and has stagnated thereafter. So everything still feels like it's from the 90s, even though we're up in space. 
corporations and competitive industry were and are a driving and unchecked force of power. And last, known space is too large, too busy, or too disconnected to police properly or effectively. This is very much an outlaw galaxy. But that's kind of all the book really says about this this world. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to create a bit of a vibe together of kind of what the world is that we're going to be playing in. And this is this is a game that is very much inspired by Cowboy Bebop and Firefly, space operas and Western Sergio Leone. This is a musical setting, very deliberately so, and it's called Orbital Blues for a reason. We're playing sad space cowboys. So I asked everyone here to come up with one or two songs that they think would best represent the universe as we're going to be playing in it. So I kind of want to go around and get everyone to put put a song on this this universal playlist that'll kind of be our vibe calibrator for this season. Anyone want to start us off? I would like to start us off with one bourbon, one scotch, one beer by none other than John Lee Hooker. One bourbon, <laughs> one scotch. <laughs> We can't afford this song. I was going to say, is, is the bit that we all say a song and then Brian, you sing it? Then yeah. Brian does a legally distinct rendition. Yeah. I'm going to pivot what songs I pick specifically for this. I don't know if Brian could sing my song. <laughs> there are no lyrics. So I yeah, don't know. I also It'll be interesting. a wordless song. Uh, Drag, hit me up. What do, you, what do you got? Okay, this is a weird one. So hear me out. <laughs> Love it. Love it already. I, many people might know this, I'm a big Adventure Time fan. Mm. And a, recently a new series came out called Fiona and Cake, which is a spinoff of that. Oh, yeah. And specifically, my song is the Fiona and Cake intro, because it gives a very similar vibe. It gives kind of like a, a hijinks uh, kind of vibe. Oh, this rips. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Drag, that is such a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> this slabs. Uh, Carolyn, you said you had another uh, wordless song. What do you got for us? Yeah, I have, um, I think it's got some whistling in it, but I listen to a lot of video game soundtracks. Mm. And there's nothing that's sadder and there's nothing that's more cowboy than Red Dead Redemption. Mm. So I chose the theme from the original Red Dead Redemption by Bill Elman, Woody Jackson, because it's so good. And then here's a song that I actually found recently um, I like to listen to video game soundtracks, and my partner likes to listen to spa music to relax. <laughs> they really go hand so, in hand. So, yeah, they really go hand in hand. So this this song is called "Evening Star Early Mix" from a group called All India Radio, and it's just it's a real vibe. And I thought it was just like space and bluesy, and I really like it. Abby, what do you got for us? So I misunderstood the assignment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did you interpret the assignment? <laughs> I want whatever you prepare. Yeah. 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 Well, let's be clear, so, you're not allowed to fix it. So I tried to come up with songs that went hand in hand with different character ideas that I had. So it was less about the world as a whole and more about who I thought I was going to be playing. We've got some of that too. Cool. I was you part of the assignment. You're good. You did half the assignment. You didn't flip the page over. There was an essay section on the back. Yes. Got <laughs> it. Got it. Um, there was an essay so, section. 
Um, I'll I'll just pull out this one. So I I was listening to Bob Dylan's newest album, Shadow Kingdom, and there's honestly like most of the songs on it. I think would be great additions to this, but the one that I'm gonna put in here is "It's All Over Now, Baby Blue." Okay, so Abby backed your way into the assignment. Great. <laughs> like, honestly, most of that album I feel like is is cool and works for this. Well, I'm looking over at Chinook and I see that Chinook is definitely prepared for the assignment. Unlike Abby. What do you I got? I did half of it. <laughs> that, the way I said that made it seem like I was digging at Chinook rather than digging at Abby. I was digging at Abby. Yeah. No, that I was, like, was very you, clear what? to me. <laughs> Chinook clearly did his homework. I was like, what do, you, do I not <laughs> do my homework? That, no, that's actually, I mean, I El- Elliot had the vibe that I was going for. Mm. Uh, so, Chinook, so, uh, uh, what do you got for us? I've been on a pretty big Jay-Z kick lately, so I chose uh, Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z. Yeah. I also really like that as an added vibe. I'm going to go ahead and add one in myself, and I feel like I'm a huge Cowboy Bebop fan. I love the seatbelts and the music they do. So I'm going to add on the end credit song for the Cowboy Bebop movie, Gotta Knock a Little Harder, which I end up bumping about once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. So that'll give us kind of a vibe of the world. So you can check that out. I'll link the play, the Spotify playlist in our show notes so you can kind of hear what vibe we're going for sonically. But now that we have a, a musical vibe of like what this universe is, let's talk about our characters. So in Orbital Blues, uh, characters are sad space cowboys driven by their troubles uh, and trying to get away from the blues as best they can, but are also kind of uh, powered up by their blues as well. In Orbital Blues, there are three main stats. There's muscle, grit, and savvy. And that's mostly it. It's muscle, grit, and savvy. Your heart is your health. Your blues are a measure of how sad you are. Yes, that's right. In this game, sad equals XP. So the the sadder we get, the higher level we get. Would a depressed person make this? (laughs) (laughs) Would a depressed person play this? (laughs) So let's talk about uh, some characters. One of the one of the first things that Orbital Blues has you do when you pick a character is choose uh, one of the titles on page fifteen. This is a big list of ways to describe your character. Something like the cat, the queen, the arms, the artist, the brave, the survivor, the gambler, the mechanic. Starting back where we where we just left off, Chinook, tell us tell us who you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, 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 totally. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> It sounds like someone who did their homework. <laughs> I did. No, yeah, I just yeah, want to cool, make cool. sure I'm saying the right things. They don't sound like a stupid <laughs> idiot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you can tell god we've, it, we've made seasons together before, because the amount of like <laughs> ribbing this time is yeah, off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we did the, the die season, everyone was very polite, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Let's slit Chinook's throat right now. <laughs> cool. So so I, I have two options that I chose for myself, and we can kind of talk about it if somebody yeah. else wanted these titles. The two that I picked was either uh, The Boss or The Regret. Mm. I was feeling The Regret if you're equally attached to both of those. You want to do The Regret? If you if you if you don't have a strong yeah, feeling, you can have the regret. I, I like the boss. Does anyone want the boss? You. you can have the regret. Take. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't. Oh, need I'll it. take the regret. <laughs> take take. It's all yours, Elliot. 
<laughs> Thank you. But yeah, if nobody wanted the boss, I think I like the boss. Be... That's cool. I feel like I Thanks can almost you. hear what you're gonna sound like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. That's such a strong like start because that can really anchor the rest of the team. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Abby, what, what are you thinking? Um, I similarly had kind of, well, I had two and a half different character ideas. One was effectively being like the the pilot of, of the ship and was going to go with the dancer. Ooh. Mm. Fun. And then the other one, which I can't figure out which one of these names works, was <laughs> to basically do the brick in the wall. Troubles, which is effectively, you're a full normal human. It's a normal person. <laughs> Why are you here? I'll and I, no. I actually like the idea of not having a, t- a title and being oh. like, that's just Jeff. Um, that's just <laughs> either just that Jeff. or I think it'd be funny to have him be like, the freak or the crack. Like to pick one of the kookier ones because mm. it doesn't fit at all. So depending on which way I go. The chef? That's fun. You're yes, just chef. like a normal cook. Uh, like a I, I do cook. like the idea of like, you gave yourself this nickname. Like, no one calls you this. You're like, I want to be cool. Can no you call one me the freak? Me <laughs> <laughs> call me the freak. <laughs> I'm the freak. I, I kind of wouldn't mind if it if you start out with nothing and you've, you're just trying to find it throughout the show. Yeah. You keep saying, yeah. I'm the freak. Oh my God, freak. I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm so. the, guys, call me the freak. It was no, yeah, nobody's I, calling you that. As I said, I had two different kind of character ideas. And the first one, yeah, if it's like the pilot, I like the dancer. But if it's the second one, yeah, kind of like not having a title and, and trying to find my nickname, my tag sign, you know. I love that. Yeah, Those that's are both great. great. That's really fun. Cool. Drac, what about you? Yeah, so I think either the quick mm. or the outcast are the two i'm thinking mm. oh, um, i like both of those for you yeah i'm thinking the quick because this is probably jumping ahead a little bit uh, but i'm thinking of having my own personal like horror board whatever the equivalent of it that is um and that's why i'm known as the quick very cool, cool. i dig that like a straight like a back to the future hoverboard thing I, I guess, like, whatever the, the more Kaiba Bebop version of that would be. <laughs> like, uh, very clearly not road or road or space safe. Like, it's definitely illegal. To, <laughs> like, those things, like, these people go to the, the back corners of space to race these things and then they get caught by, by the police and everyone scatters mm. kind of vibe. Oh. The kind you have to kick. To yeah, going. exactly. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. <laughs> I love this. Hey, so, wait, so, Drac, what, what were you between? You are between... Between the quick and the outcast. The quick and the outcast. Okay. Yeah. The if the quick means cool. hoverboard. Yeah. If yeah. the quick means like hoverboard, so I think we the want quick. the hoverboard. <laughs> okay. In that case, the quick. The quick it is. <laughs> I will say with with Orbital Blues, I think hoverboard, it's got to have, it's got to be like kind of shitty in some way. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. So there's got to be some aspect of it like doesn't work or doesn't work all the time. Yeah. No, this hoverboard is not the same. Like, it, I've changed so many parts of this hoverboard. It's got philosophers thinking, questioning if it's the same hoverboard. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's just, they're like, the is it the same hoverboard? Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're probably from pieces of other crashed hoverboards. They're like, so I just like grabbing them and using them to repair mine. Uh, so yeah, no, for sure, it's not working 100% of the time. Barely 50, to be honest. In the Outlaw Galaxy, everything is like branded. Every, everything has like a logo on it. 
what is this hoverboard's like? Oh. No one can call it this anymore because all the pieces yeah. are gone. But like, when someone asks you what type of hoverboard it is, what brand name do you give them? Oh, um, oh, are we using roll roll life brands or should I make one up? <laughs> Probably, probably make one. Or is yeah. it maybe like all different brands she like is. mushed together? <laughs> See, I was thinking she as well. Oh my god! Good, <laughs> excellent, so funny. I'll I'll think on it, but yeah, got it. We'll, <laughs> she's we'll, really good. We'll check I'll it think out. on it. We'll check I think back. we're protected by parody if we really lead into the Sheen slander. <laughs> 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 Do you really think Sheen's gonna come after? this podcast <laughs> it depends on how hard we decide to go i think I guess that would honestly true. be great for us great, great press. Happen. that yeah. would be great marketing yeah <laughs> all press is good press <laughs> <laughs> carolyn what what uh what role what title uh have you been looking at okay i think i'm gonna go with the lonely heart because i i have i had two different characters that i wanted to that i was thinking of playing and one the, the Lonely Heart one, I think, just has, like, a more interesting and sadder story, so, that I've come up with, so, get ready to be sad. Hell yeah. Already there. <laughs> Already there. Beat you to it. Already there. <laughs> uh, I think everyone has a pretty decent idea of what character they want to be. Do you guys want to go around and kind of introduce your characters? Yeah. yeah, and then we'll mm. we'll kind of build off it from there. So, um, Carolyn, uh, actually, you know what? I th- it's only right. We got to start with the boss. We got to start from <laughs> yeah. the top. Yeah. This is a hyper capitalist society. We got to start from the top and work <laughs> our way down. So, uh, my character, the boss, is uh, their name is uh, Kumari. They use they them pronouns. And Kumari is. Uh... <laughs> Pretty tall, like lanky individual, wears like a duster uh, with like like leather pants that are tight with like uh, high like leather boots that are like strapped and like have a bunch of like contraptions around it. They have like a like their face is like there's like a face tattoo that's just like a a treble clef note kind of thing on the right side of their face. Very yeah. cool. And then uh, you see their like right eye is like a mechanical eye that's been replaced. And then they uh, only have uh, one arm. They only have their left arm. The right arm is gone. I think there's like one person on the ship who like knew Kumari like for like a long time. If it has been with them for forever, and they're like pretty like to themselves in a way that like they don't want to get close to anyone. Something has troubled them, and like it all stems back to their birthday, like their thirtieth birthday, where something horrific happened and they <laughs> lost everything. <laughs> Feels like it might be inspired by something that Abby, maybe happened. Abby, you shut the fuck up! Like two days ago, I am, I am not drawing from a personal tragedy that I'm still processing at this moment. Ooh. Ooh. And we'll slowly learn what that tragedy is, both in real life and in the fiction. As hey, you remember, kids, TTRPGs are not therapy. TTRPG is not therapy. Anyway, go. We would just like to make sure everyone knows that. Yeah, therapy, therapy, role-playing games. Oh, can that make sense? No, ignore me, kids. Only It is therapy. This is actively therapy. It's more therapy than therapy. It's therapy twice. Therapy twice. Because you talk about it, then you play it. Mm-hmm. 
And so uh, they have this one rule on the ship that no one is allowed to celebrate their own birthday. And only one person actually knows what that what the birthday is and like what actually happened. Yeah, that's that's all. They're they're very uh, closed on that. But then like have a deep care and love for everybody on the ship. Uh, that's, love it. That's who they are. Hell yeah, I love that. Have you chosen a a trouble for your character? I think the trouble is orbital blues. Oh, <laughs> classic. 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 He said the thing. He said the thing. He said the thing. He said the name. We won. We right. win. Go we win, everybody. There it is. The orbital blues. <laughs> and that's yeah. a wrap on Chinook. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. It was, it was good playing. Orbital blues. Reality is ruthless. Everyone else is fighting the blues too. But you lost big. So what we're talking about here, each character's trouble, is a kind of character creation and mechanical thing that we're going to be using throughout the game. Uh, specifically in this session zero, each trouble has a number of questions um, that we will have uh, Chinook and our various players answer about their particular trouble. We'll only answer two of the five questions in the session, and the rest will kind of be sussed out throughout play. And whenever something happens regarding your trouble, either you answer one of these questions in play or you do something else kind of related to your trouble. For instance, with Orbital Blues, if you wrestle with the blues, if you inflict the blues upon another, or if you see someone enjoying something the blues have spoiled for you. So in this case, if uh, Kumari saw someone enjoying their birthday, uh, you gain one blues. Uh, As you slowly tick up your blues, once you get up to eight blues, uh, you are able to kind of reckon with your trouble. Uh, So we'll kind of see that play out in the fiction as well. Called hitting rock bottom, just like in real life. <laughs> like we said in this game, sad equals XP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shnook, Kumar is the boss. Who who do you want to hear from next? Popcorn. Ooh, I think Kumari wants to hear from the Lonely Heart. Yeah. I'm Eli O'Connor, and I got a sad story. So my trouble is going to be best served cold. I got a revenge. Mm. Did anyone else have that? I can Mm-mm. change it. Oh, hell yeah. It's so it, These things are always so crazy because I'm like, everyone's going to have my exact same idea. And they never <laughs> yeah. do. I have this, that's why I made like three backup yeah. plans. And then was like, yeah. I don't think you need this many. <laughs> yeah, crazy. That was the thing we were saying in when we played Wander Home of like, everyone who plays that game looks at all the playbooks and they're like, oh, there's one that everyone's going to play. Yeah. And then you get to the <laughs> recording and it's like, it no, happen. everyone picked a different one. Yeah. I love it. Everyone's different. Everyone really is special. <laughs> okay, so Eli O'Connor was working as a low-level enforcer for a gangster uh, when he was a young man, and you know he made that classic mistake of falling in love with the boss's daughter. Not not uh, not our, this boss, but the, the gang leader's daughter. And they decided to elope in space. <gasps> oh. They decided to run away, leave the cr- life of crime behind them. On the way, so they like disguised themselves. They were gonna steal a ship and get away. As they were running away, the daughter got shot and killed. So now the gang, that gangster is obviously <gasps> mad at him. And then he's, so he's gone. He's, I'm on the run. Eli's on the run. And I've sworn revenge to wipe out this gang mm. uh, for my lady love to, to get revenge on her. So I'm wanted by the gang and I want to kill the gang. What is the name of your lady love? Oh, let's see. They've got so many great tables here. Let's go. Uh, her name was Nikki. 
I like Nikki. that. Nikki. And your name's Eli? My name's Eli O'Connor. He him? He him. He's a very tall, thin, lanky cowboy with like sort of the cyberpunk yellow like cowboy jacket with sure. a real high collar and like a, a dusty brown like cowboy hat that he always wears real low. And he's got kind of flared out jeans and like a saunter, but it's but it's a space vibe also. Mm. <laughs> but maybe instead vibe. of like the instead of like the the hat band on the cowboy hat instead of like uh being leather with like a feather sticking out of it maybe it's just like a circuit board like on the Ooh. side of it it's mm. make it space like like one of those like kind of like led or not those uh but like what are those things called like the tape ribbons from computers you know what i mean yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's got real sunken in sad looking eyes always have dark circles on them because he doesn't sleep he just stays up thinking about his sorrows oh thinking about his sorrows oh no and my gambit I think is going to be true grit so I've got real guts and once per session I may draw on my inner resolve to roll a stat check or attack with the upper hand using my grit instead of the normal stat hell yeah in this game two of the things we're going to be describing here we've described the troubles this is a a a thing that is troubling your character. It is a driving force in their life. Uh, the gambit is something you are particularly good at or able to do. Um, so it's kind of like a special ability for your character. Actually, uh, Chinook, uh, what was uh, what was Kamari's gambit? Did you pick a gambit? Yeah, the gambit was uh, Captain. Mm. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! The boss. And what uh, what does that what power does that allow you uh, in this game? The captain is uh, you lead your crew through thick and thin, and they'll always trust you. Once per scene, when you order one of your crew to do something, they roll with the upper hand on that check. Tell the other characters how you ended up in charge or why you think you are. Oh, Hell yeah. And we'll talk about the mechanics of this specific game in a little bit, but uh, to keep it brief, the upper hand is essentially this system's way of saying you get advantage. Disadvantage in this system is called against the odds, but we'll talk a little bit more on those in a little bit. Hell yeah. So we have Kumari... We have Eli O'Connor, and actually, uh, Eli, the module that we're going to be playing, the Sutler system, which is in the back of the core rulebook, there just so happens to be some mob gang-related stuff happening. No way! I swear I didn't look at it. I swear I didn't look at it. (laughs) I just really wanted to make a character that just, like, spends all of their free time just like staring sadly into the middle distance. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's my inspiration for this character. Just like no joy, just full of blues. <laughs> I have a fun build off that or ways we could maybe tie tie our characters together potentially. Oh, um, okay. So my character's name is uh Ward. Um he him Ward Ward, W-A-R-D, short for Wardley, um, and um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why that got me good. so good. <laughs> so Ward is in too deep, which the subtitle of is you got involved with the wrong people and did things you ain't proud of. Mm. Um, so Ward, I the my thought on his backstory is that Ward is from a crime family. Mm. Um and is in too deep with them, but also kind of like estranged because he had like sort of a 
uh, Fredo situation, although not quite as pathetic as Fredo, um, where he he and his brother took a job with a different family because he wanted to prove himself and it was a trap and his brother got killed and so he has those regrets about getting his brother killed and then like he went back to his family and his family was like we'll kill you if we ever see you again essentially like that was the beloved older brother uh. so he he wears a, a bullet hole ridden jacket <laughs> and sad sad guy um, another, another sad boy <laughs> um, but I'm thinking maybe my family might be the mob and maybe that's like a, a Carolyn your lost love is maybe like a sister or a cousin and I don't know and Ooh, you don't know that whoa. I'm part of that family potentially I think that's interesting I find it's, it's a little tricky when we're like when we as players are trying to keep information from each other like there's just like a weird dance mm, sure. so but what about this pitch off of that the family that killed your brother was the family that I used to work for. Mm. And so we've both sworn revenge against that family. Right. Or maybe part of, I don't know, your journey is to like get revenge on them or make up with your family. But your family, that could be an interesting obstacle, like repairing things for your family and help to get them to help us against this other mob family. Right. Yeah, I like that. I'm also like on the run from my family because if they ever find me, they will... Right. They'll kill me. Right. So we're that would be fun is like we're on the run from two different mafias. But I like that. And maybe that's how we linked up is yeah. like sworn to get revenge on this one mob family. Yeah. So so let me tell you a little bit about um, the Sutler system and some of the, the factions that exist in this in this module. Ooh. One of the biggest factions is the Perazzo family led by okay. Tony Perazzo, uh, the eldest mm-hmm. sister. They are an ever-increasing crime family within the Sutler system, which is like a kind of backwater system uh, that no one, uh, there, there is no police force there. It is just run by, you know, crime syndicates, essentially. There's the Perazzo family. They are, they're, they're in a bit of a kind of war with a rival drug smuggling operation under the command of Saul Jackson. There is also a group of kind of bikers out in the desert uh, called the Reno Snakes, led by mm. Francine Dubois. Mm. Sounds like uh, Drax character yeah. maybe have, has done some racing with the Reno snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I already have. Yeah, that was perfect. Because I was wondering, <laughs> just wondering what of mine. Because my trouble is on the run. I think I immediately know. I think on the run from the Reno family. Why? Because I think I stole a key piece of the leader's like bike, and I've been using it to power my like hoverboard. <laughs> awesome. So I have it on me, and like they want it back because um, maybe it's really expensive or sentimental. I don't know, but they really want it back. So my trouble is on the run. Uh, but before all of that, my character's name. <laughs> Again, hear me out. It's gonna be weird. <laughs> um, Love my it. character's name is blank. Um, literally the word blank. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. uh, any pronouns, he, she, they, all of them work fine. And if, you, if you're writing it down, it's very specifically square brackets blank um, mm, is their it. name. Cool. And their whole look is um, very like Mad Max-esque, like lots of like rags and strips of torn um, scarves and stuff like that wears a kind of greyish tank top pretty beaten on worn down leather leather pants with 
people decided what well, I've got like two weapons I decided I can't choose between so either a pistol or a knife at his side and wears a completely white featureless mask on their face at all times um, and it so completely covers it so you don't know what they look like other than everything else they have a old scar along the front of their neck and they don't talk they're mute so they have mm. a kind of like kind of like old school like uh, blackberry phone that they type what they want to say and show to whoever they're talking to for them to read and that's how they communicate with people <laughs> cool um, and yeah so last time someone asked him his name I think like in this gr- crew the last time someone asked him his name he literally just typed up the word square brackets blank and that's what people called them uh, since very cool awesome. the, I think the only the only thing I'd like to add to that if you'll allow me is I love the the old school BlackBerry. Can it also have a talk to text feature? Ooh, I think I think it does have a talk to text feature, but I think they rarely use it. I think okay, they cool. do prefer. I think the tech, talk to text, like the text to talk feature, is a very embarrassing voice, and it takes away from the, the intimidation they like to go for. Oh, I love <laughs> that. So like every so often they might use it when they're like, okay, they're too far away to like read this. Let me play it out loud. But yeah, like, like in okay, combat. but at least be emotionally prepared for it to sound like so. It's probably like, a, I don't know. I feel like maybe a kid's voice or something like that. Just something very Why? non-intimidating. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something very non-intimidating. So they they try not to use it, but when they do, it often ruins the the um the aura, the aura, that kind of creepy, scary intimidation aura they're going for. Everyone, put your weapons on the ground and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, they at the very least come across kind of happy-go-lucky and kind of happy. Uh, you can't see the features on their face, but often they will type up emojis on their phone and show that to you to let you know how they're feeling. But yeah, their gambit, I'm going for is wheels to mm. get my own small vehicle. And I think it'll be like a kind of like a ho- hoverboard, very clunky awesome. hoverboard. And I think like the core power source is what I stole from the Reno family. Uh, for, from the Reno Snakes. Reno Snakes, that's it. I stole the core power source of that. So I think if you if you stole from the Reno Snakes, you're probably familiar with Viper's Bar and Grill, which is like the clubhouse for the Reno Snakes um, yeah. out on Reno 12. Is it the biggest little town planet in the... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the biggest little town in Reno. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you stole from someone, it's got to be from the leader of the Reno Snakes, Francine oh, Dubois. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Love that. Abby, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, who you're thinking of playing? Yeah. Uh, so I built kind of two to three, but the first one was to do brick in the wall. Which is, you're just a normal, well-functioning person. No angst, no trauma, <laughs> nothing. How did you end up here? I liked the idea of basically being somebody in our crew, like, their pal from home and one day they were like hey you want to go for like a ride or you like you want to come with me to run errands and I was like sure and then we just never went back and I was not in the loop on where we were going and what we were doing um, that could be good with Chinook's yeah. character I was gonna say someone that's be been Chinook's with yeah. the whole time yeah. yeah yeah you're like Kamari's friend from home like you know what happened on that 30th birthday yeah <laughs> you were there and we're all like why are they here and it's like, what skills do you add to this? Yeah, I think that they also just kind of like, we think 
they're kind of handy, but uh, they're not, you know, the pilot. They're not the engineer. They're just kind of here because Kamari was sad and wanted a buddy. (laughs) 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 And so, yeah, I was thinking uh, Brick in the Wall. And then either for for the gambit, either wanted to do the perfect lie, which is when you tell someone a lie with a straight face, they always believe you. My idea being that everyone's like, look, they just look like such a normal person. <laughs> Why would we believe the things that they say? And then uh, I, I'd come up with, with a name for the like love lost sort of a character of Sally Valentine, which I thought was cute. But I wondered if, if there was something, if we wanted to do something way more plain or basic, like I kind of like just being Jeff or like, I keep trying to think of names where I, I was like, thinking the name brick, I think is a pretty good name. Brick, brick. brick and blank. Brick is a brick and blank. Man, it's a real freaking frack thing. <laughs> brick, blank, and bubble gum. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, coming up with some kind of a name that just feels really like even their name, especially because I also think it's funny to not necessarily have a title yet of it's like, even just by name, people are like, why are you here? Who are you? I'm going to tell you this right now. I just Googled it. And Maria is the most common name in the world with over 61 million people are named Maria. So if you want a, the most normal name in the world, it's Maria. <laughs> We could do a little Maria. Um, I promise I won't do that voice. <laughs> don't do the voice. I like that. I like it. A little I like Maria. It. A little Maria. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be Italian woman. Over-exaggerated Italian woman. Maria is just silly. Mario. So silly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also like that as you were talking, Abby, you could hear yourself getting just a little bit older. You started out as like a 30-year-old oh, woman, yeah, and yeah. by the end of that sentence, you were 65. <laughs> yeah. Go to. So we could do, we're going to, I'll do, I'll do Maria. Let's just do Maria. 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 And then, yeah, I think that she is wearing like really basic sort of ranch clothes, worn in jeans and boots and a plaid shirt, cowboy hat. She's pretty basic. Just like a basic cowboy outfit you'd find in like some white girl's closet. Yeah, oh my god, does she have the like the the festival boots, the high like the over the knee like camel colored boots? No, not even. Hers are just real, real classic basic. <laughs> so funny. And just did work on a farm. Yeah, which is also why um, her weapon is just a, a wrench. Because she was straight up fixing something when Kamari was like, hey, you want to come with me to run this errand? And she was like, I won't even go bother put this in my toolbox. I love... (laughs) I love this. Um, 15 years since. (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, all right, I'm here for the ride, and that seems fine. Actually, Elliot, I want to turn back to you. And I, I do want to find out your character's gambit, but I also want to determine between you and Carolyn, which family each of you represented, or uh, each of you are like on the run from. Between the snakes and the palazzo, parazzos? We have the Reno snakes. We have Saul Jackson, who is like uh, a smuggler. Right. And mm. we have the Parazzo family. 
So I was thinking from the way that you described it, I was thinking that I maybe had worked for the Perrazzo family. Yeah. Ward had been working with Saul Jackson and then gone and his family's involved in that and then gone off to prove himself with the Perrazzos who ended up killing his brother. And the Perrazzos right. also killed my Nikki. My, I think my Saul Jackson's my dad. Okay, cool. Mm. <laughs> Ward Jackson is a fucking amazing. Ward Jackson. That is a pretty dumb Ward What does Ward stand for? Like, what's the full name of Ward? Oh, well, Wardley? so my, my initial joke character name when we first talked about Orbital Blues was going to be Wardley Herking, which is just uh, hardly working, yeah. uh, switched <laughs> up. So then I, got, then I got attached to the name Ward. Um, I like so. that name a lot. Yeah. Elliot, for, uh, for Ward, what was, uh, what was Ward's gambit? So I'm thinking that Ward, when his brother got killed, like, either they got, like, gunned down or caught in an explosion, and Ward, like, got shot up as well, but survived. So I'm thinking about the Unstoppable Gambit. So he's got a bunch of different, like, bullet holes, and, like, really he has that, like, survivor's guilt of his brother and, like, doesn't really know understand why he survived because he also got pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, thinking Unstoppable. Hell Yeah. We didn't do character stats. I don't know if we want to do that on mic or if you just want us to do that before. You can allocate a plus two, a plus one, a plus zero. And your three stats are muscle, which is your ability to muscle something open or, or fight someone to the ground. Grit, which is kind of your, your toughness. And savvy, which is your general intellect and also kind of your dexterity score as well. Mm. So from the top down, start with the boss. Where, where are you putting your, your plus two, your plus one, and plus zero? I think... I'm gonna uh, do plus two to savvy, plus one to muscle, plus zero to grit. I feel like someone that's so codependent doesn't have any grit at all. <laughs> <laughs> the codependent is a really good name for a ship, also. That's what our that's what our escape pod is called. It's called the codependent. <laughs> <laughs> Can't launch without the the main ship. <laughs> Blank, what do you got? I'm thinking so would grit would savvy or grit be like intimidation factor? Um be savvy? I think that might be muscle. Muscle, okay. Yeah, I think muscle's intimidation. So I'll do muscle one, savvy two, grit zero. A ward. What do you got for us? I think Ward is going to be Grit 2 because he almost died. Muscle 1 and Savvy 0 because he's uh, he's, uh, not good at reading situations. Hell yeah. And it makes sense with the Grit 2 of like almost died, bullet hole, ridden jacket. Absolutely. Unstoppable gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like a suit jacket that's riddled with holes. Like the the Jackson. Oh, it's not like Jackson's? a leather jacket. It's it's. A oh, suit I'm saying jacket. the the Jackson family wears like the cowboy bebop style suits. Oh um, yeah. Oh sure. And and he's got his brother's like bullet hole ridden jacket. Um, oh, it's over like brother's. an otherwise nice suit. Oh, sorry. You didn't spoilers. get that brand. <laughs> no, for some reason I thought it was your bullet hole ridden. Like you still got shot up, but you happened to survive. Oh no. Oh, I did. Yeah, that did happen. But yeah, the brother's jacket. Oh, fucking wild. Uh, uh Eli. Well, I don't know. I've already really fallen in love with this character and I want them to be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You picked the wrong game. (laughs) I know, I know. I was thinking uh, Grit 2 because he's like so determined. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I guess I'm going to do Savvy 1 because I feel like he's 
savvy because he's a deep thinker. And then I'll do muscle zero even because he's just so long and lanky. Mm. He's quick on the draw. So yeah, so I'm going to be muscle zero, grit two, savvy one. Hell yeah. Gritty gang. Gritty gang. Gritty gang. Uh, go Philly. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Woo. And uh, uh, Abby, Maria, uh, what do you got for your muscle grit and savvy? Uh, definitely plus zero to muscle. But she's a farmhand. Um, that's not where strength lie. <laughs> I think I do like the idea of her being strong, but yeah. <laughs> well, we could pivot it. I was thinking. No, no, you do. I'm doing um, plus two to savvy, just because like she's kind of quick on her feet, figuring out how to make herself useful on the ship. Of like good at pivoting when she needs to because she doesn't actually have a very clear role and so it's like the savvy to switch between various tasks and just kind of make the best of them mm. she's the PA of the ship <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ship's PA. Ship PA and then plus one to grit hell yeah we got we got stats. We got so many yeah. stats. Does anyone have muscle too? We're kind of a pasty bunch. We're a little, we're a little so. scrawny all around. I have muscle one, but that's all. Yeah, I could, you know, I could make her plus two to muscle. And no, uh, play, play, play how you I, want. Yeah, do yeah. What how do you want? That makes sense for her. Right, yeah, cool. I think either or works. We can be not muscular on the whole. Yeah, yeah. get fucked up every time. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's like, amazing. They've already built in a weakness. They've already built in a weakness. <laughs> Not only are you guys going to have low muscle, but you're also going to have slightly lower heart. Uh, heart is your, your hit points in this game. Heart is equal to yeah. eight plus your muscle. Oh, no. Uh, so you guys can oh. all choose that. <laughs> Someone make switches. <laughs> it's too late. It's locked in. You are also going to start with blues equal to zero. Uh, as I said before, blues are going to tick up as you answer some of these other questions within your trouble or as you do things related to your trouble. Or if you just kind of have a blue moment. Um, once blues hit eight, trouble is a Bruin, and you can kind of uh, actively confront your trouble. You also get some mechanical bonuses during that time as well. Let me talk just a little bit about the base mechanics of this game. The first thing you gotta know is this is a D6 based dice pool system. So every single check you're going to be rolling is going to be with two or three D6s. There are not variable DCs in the system, so you're not trying to beat different numbers. You're trying to match or exceed eight. So for most checks, you'll be rolling two D6. You'll be adding your grit, savvy, or your muscle and trying to get at or exceed eight. If for any reason you're doing something that allows you uh, an advantage in this game, that's called having the upper hand. In that case, you'll roll three D6, take the best two. And same way with disadvantage, uh, you'd be rolling 3d6 going against the odds and taking the lower two. Same thing as in, with D&D or with many advantage-disadvantage-based systems. They essentially cancel out. You can't have, like, triple against the odds. However, uh, in this game, should you roll poorly, you are allowed to do something called exertion. You can exert yourself, and you can spend any amount of heart to re-roll one die per heart. So you can kind of, like feed into your pool of like essentially hurt yourself like take take some hit points away from yourself to re-roll one of your dice uh, you can only re-roll a single die one time so once you re-roll that die you have to keep the result as we 
go along and our blues kind of get up there, all of you are going to be confronted with various things that happen to you that kind of like pull on your heartstrings. And I might ask you to make a blues check. A uh, blues check is 2d6 plus your grit. If you roll eight or higher, you're shook up, but you can take it and you get to add one to your blues. Uh, if you roll seven or less, that feeling passes and you gain no blues. Uh, so this is just another way to slowly tick up that blues counter, getting you closer to that eight and have your trouble come a Bruin. Once per arc, your trouble can come a Bruin. So likely all of us will probably have our trouble come a Bruin uh, sometime within this series. When that happens, when you have eight plus blues, for the rest of that scene, you can spend blues instead of heart for exertion. You also take half damage from all attacks. At the end of that scene, if if everything kind of comes together and you either wallow in your blues or confront your troubles, you reset your blues to zero and you can choose one of the following. You either gain a new trouble and potentially some new gambits. You can restore all your missing heart or you can increase one of your stats by one. Uh, so again, sad equals XP <laughs> in this game. Um, is an arc an, a session or is an arc the whole of what we're doing? Uh, in this game, the arc is a is the entire series. The entire series. Uh, uh, yeah, like scene, scene session, session arc. arc. Yeah. Scene session arc. Yeah, like day, week, month. Got exactly. it, cool. Uh, so we'll be playing a number Welcome, of scenes. Brian. I'll take over now. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be playing a number of scenes spread out over four sessions, encapsulating one single arc. One of the last things we have to talk about is what does death look like in this game? Can characters die? Of course they can. This is the outlaw galaxy. Um, if you are reduced to zero heart, you roll 1d6. If that number is equal to or less than the number of blues you have, your story comes to an end. Uh, if it is higher than your blues, then you're knocking on heaven's door. When you're knocking on heaven's door, this is uh, a state you can be in. You, Your character discloses a regret, a fear, or a disappointment, and you gain an additional trouble. Because if you get close to death, of course you're going to have more troubles come about. And you can spend the next arc trying to make amends or wrestle with that new trouble. Oh, very cool. So yeah, just like in Yuseva's Ben Breakfast, where you're looking at like your bingos and your whoopsies <laughs> to kind of dictate stuff. In this game, kind of like follow your troubles and your gambits. Like when you're looking for what would my character do, lean into those troubles, lean into those gambits, because that's the heart of what your character is in this game. Hell yeah. Another small thing, if a player would be reduced to zero heart and you are nearby that character, you can choose to make a diving save to take the damage instead. And in fact, take double damage, but you'll prevent the damage given to someone else. If you could do a diving save, but choose not to, this is a may clause, you do not have to do this, uh, you will take one blues. You'll have to describe how that makes you feel. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I know everything is so sad about the setup for this, but I feel like this is going to be fucking so fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so just like I playing agree. off that is so fun. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. <laughs> I'm going to be such a bad captain. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, captain. <laughs> no. There is there is one more big epic moment thing that a character could do sometime within this arc, and that is your swan song. A swan song is a voluntary process where you go out in one final blaze of glory. If you choose to do your swan song, all rolls you make will be made with the upper hands, with advantage. 
no attack or action you make can be reduced to against the odds. So you will, at worst, you'll be rolling straight. All attacks you make are deadly, so they can do more damage. You can make diving saves even if you've already acted this round, and you take no damage. However, at the end of the scene, you sustain a mortal wound and you die. Whoa. We could also make it that you retire or leave in some way, but that scene will be the last scene for your character if you choose to do so. Oh my god. That's intense. Oh, the drama. There's a little potential for drama. It is your swan song. Your song will play and it will play you out. I love the drama. Oh, oh Drek, you got this look on your face like you're like, I'm totally going to do that. I know. Yeah. Drek's like, you're speaking my down. language. I didn't know I was that easy to read. <laughs> <laughs> This is really like one of those promos where it's like, this season one character will die. And then it's just all of us looking like, who's it going to be? And then Drac just being like with a knife. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> 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 It'll be me, probably. Very, I did not, because I was, I was thinking about a very cool scene that gives me my swan song. I did not know I was, I was that easy to read, and that's very This is your third season around here, Drag. I've got the number. Yeah, I could tell you're real bummed that you couldn't kill off Amelie and use it as bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I, I had a whole pan for the vegetables and the fruit. Damn oh. it. <laughs> oh, The 80s are over, and you're not kids anymore. Now is a much darker time. Something happened to you, and you got touched by the weird, and it made you wild, and it made you powerful. This is the world of The Lost Bay, a suburban gothic RPG. A fever dream set in 1990X and inspired in equal parts by dark fantasy, horror classics, and the 90s indie culture. After years of development and thanks to the feedback and support of a community of early enthusiasts, The Lost Bay is coming to Kickstarter, featuring a full rulebook and complete setting designed by Eco, kick-ass art by Evangeline Gallagher, killer maps by Strega Wolf Vandenberg, and six additional modules by some of the coolest designers in the indie scene. So go to thelostbayrpg.com to be notified on launch. That's thelostbayrpg.com. For this season, just want to do a quick uh, safety tools discussion because this is going to be like a sad, depressing season. So kind of the standard lines and veils for My First Dungeon is like, we're not going to touch on racism, sexual violence, homophobia, transphobia. But especially since this is like a sad season, it's dealing with like depression and, and deep stuff. Is there anything anyone doesn't want to touch on that you'd, they'd want to talk about either on mic or just mention to us and we can cut off mic? I'm down mentioning mine on mic. Um, uh, I would prefer like no suicide or self-harm. Yeah, I to say that. Like, I think, like, swan song is fine. Like, that kind of, like, I guess, quote-unquote, putting yourself in danger is fine. But, like, actual um, intentional self-harm is kind of like a... Yeah. No thank you for me. 
Cool. Yeah. I can't imagine Brian. I, I think that's a great line. I, I it's just kind of funny to imagine Brian like setting up this super graphic like <laughs> scene with that, just like so out of character. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. I, I definitely. But you never this, know. Yeah. I always bring it up just in case for anyone listening as well. If you do keep this in, I don't know. To yeah. Never feel yeah. uncomfortable about bringing stuff up, even if you think it sounds silly. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say any you might have already said this, but any animal abuse stuff, I just don't or like animals getting hurt. Yeah. Just don't. Just don't. Not about it. Cool. And then and this is as always with with safety tools, this is an open discussion. So if during play you realize you do have something, but it, it's always an open discussion. So if anything comes up that you realize I'd rather not play this, or I'd like to take this in a different direction, on or off mic, we can uh make those corrections. Uh, so that everyone has a good time and that we uh, enjoy our sad space cowboy story. Yeah. Fun sad space cowboys. Fun, <laughs> yeah. Fun sad. Fun Happy sad. <laughs> Fun pression. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like uh, Matt DeCaro's music is described as mostly sad, kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's perfect. So for for the rest of this session zero, I do want to kind of like further establish some of the connections between our characters and like how everyone kind of ended up on the ship. But the last character we have to talk about is indeed the ship itself. Boom, boom. Boom, Make my heart go boom, boom, boom. And that's the name of the ship. Uh, so one of the most important things we will have to figure out before this is over is what is the name of our ship? Um, and if you are having trouble thinking of a name of a ship, Luckily, the reason this whole game came together was because Elliot, I, our buddy Keith, and uh, musical prodigy himself, Behold, spent our 12-hour car drive back from Gen Con to New York City coming up with 500 ship names and sent them to uh, Zach Cox, one of the co-creators of Orbital Blues. So we've got a list of 500 ship names we could choose from, or we could come up with something brand new. I want to use the the table that they have in here for naming their ship, right? There, there's yeah. a table. That we got a table in there. We got. I just love using those tables. The rhinestone cowboy. You're saying you don't want to use number three ninety six snookums from our list? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Imagine being shot down by snookums. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse. I got shot down by the snookums. The snookums. <laughs> My pitch is sunk cost fallacy. So, mm. that's fallacy. Really good, very actually. good, very good. Oh, that's very really good. on the nose. That's <laughs> exactly what that ship is. One of the first things we got to talk about with the ship is the size of the ship. Um, so we're probably looking at a medium-sized ship that could be easily crewed by six people. There are like dreadnought-sized ships that need like hundreds of people to crew. So obviously we're not running one of those. There are small ships that are like one or two people that we're obviously not running those. There are also large ships which are supposed to be run by like. 8 to 15 people. If you guys wanted to try to run a <laughs> ship with way too few people, you guys could also make that call. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, do you think it's a medium or a large ship? And I don't, let's start figuring out what this ship looks like. A medium-sized ship requires how many people to run six, like, I think four to six can run a medium ship perfectly. I think a medium ship feels good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I imagine we barely could afford it. Or whoever, yeah. whoever owns it could barely afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a medium ship, but this this medium ship should have seven people running it. But we, but we're, yeah, we're making like it, it should be. <laughs> I think that yeah. I was yeah, gonna yeah. say, yeah, if we wanted to do large ship, that this is part of how Kumari justifies why I'm there. 
It's because like we needed right. more crew. We members. need a body. We need, yeah. we need crew. Oh, that's no fun. I like. That. I think I like that a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a large ship. I mean, it could be. Yes, yeah, I like yeah. it being a medium ship, but it's like we probably should have at least one more person. And Marie's right. doing like five jobs while the rest of us do one. <laughs> I was gonna say she's definitely doing some engineering, and it's like a kind of. I'll take a look, but stuff is held together <laughs> with paper clips and gum. Like <laughs> she's, she's, it works okay enough for the moment. Duct tape is her number one tool. <laughs> I think actually thing we should do maybe before we keep going to ship is answer some of the questions in within our troubles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so within everybody's trouble, there are five questions presented to us. We need to answer two of them before we start. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and kind of just pull some questions from your guys' troubles, and uh, we're gonna learn a little bit more about these people. So Abby, mm-hmm. our brick in the wall. Uh, or should I say Maria? Uh, Maria, I think we, we've kind of already answered this question, but I, I want to expand on a little bit mm-hmm. of how did you end up on the road and not in a normal job? And I think we've kind of determined that like Kumari asked you to come aboard. What did that like for what did that conversation look like? Like, was that a hard ask to make or were you able to just pick up and go? I think Maria's life was just sort of really basic like she was working on a ranch but also like a pretty decently big one where when she disappeared it wasn't necessarily it was like a couple days or weeks before someone was like didn't we used to have another person on this team um (laughs) so i think by the time maria realized that that they were not just going to run errands and that in fact she was on kumari's ship and staying there for the foreseeable future recognized a friend needed a friend and uh, was like, I guess I'll try to figure out ways to make myself useful here. Kumari, going over to you. How do you cope with the blues? When Kumari feels the blues oncoming, they are very reliant on like friends, particularly like Maria, into like getting them out of that state. So it's like a heavy lean on like. Hey, Maria, things are bad. Uh, talk to me. Do something. Distract me. I think it's uh, a very panicky, like, uh, kind of get enveloped with the relationships they've built with other people around them. And also not talking about birthdays. <laughs> not talking about birthdays. Mm-mm. Blank. So we have the answer of who you're on the run from and why. I kind of want to dig in on why. You could have gotten a power core elsewhere. But you chose the head of the Reno snakes to steal from. <laughs> Why did you choose the head of the Reno snakes to steal the power core to her incredibly valuable and precious to her bike? I think Blank has it's not as like deep as other characters uh, like stories. They have really bad impulse control and was like, I shouldn't do this. So I want to try to do this and very quickly learned why people don't cross the arena snakes. So just at the random moments, things even turned a little bit violent and just hasn't looked back since. When you first said that idea, I thought it was like, okay, maybe there was just one big race 
that I was like, I really need to enter this and the, the prize money will get me everything that I wanted and I can get off this planet and like pay for my sick aunt's surgery or something <laughs> no. and then I'll give the part back. <laughs> And no, they just I saw a shiny thing just and like, they were like, fuck yeah, I'm taking this. Yeah. <laughs> I think like they definitely have like, do they definitely like enter competitions? And I think for the most part, they're like pretty okay at like in, in the grand scheme of things. Like they're not always first, but they're not, they're very rarely or ever actually last. Like they're always in the top like 10 when it comes to the races. So they didn't have anything like, oh, this would get me to win. Mm. They just truly were like, these people cover these things so much. I want to take it. Um, and did. Whoa. Hell yeah. Is the core still working well or have you worn it down? I think I think the core is the only thing that works well. Mm. <laughs> that, this is like this is very much like it's like taking like an Android battery and putting it in an iPhone. Like it's not meant to do it's not meant to work and <laughs> with these things. Right. So that that's I think everything else, the peripherals of it is what's like causing it to be barely working. But the core itself, I think why it's so valuable is because the core is like such a, has a, such a long lifespan and can do like power so much is why it's such a valuable thing. But I don't think even my character really understands the weight of it. It's like, it was shiny, so I took it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, one of the questions was, who helped you escape? Because I got to think, you were just trying to see yeah. if you could do it. You did it, but they found you like they found out that it was you like they know that this was taken from them did you have to rely on anyone else to get you out of there and kind of what state did you leave them in as you left that's a very tough question i think i think it's a close friend i think i was with a close friend and i think that's kind of like i think we would often do reckless stuff for the most part get away with it and I think it got to our heads to the point where we were like, okay, we can take on the Reno snakes. We can do this. Mm. Um, and this friend, Blank likes to think that this friend riled him up to do this, to steal this core. But deep down, Blank is fully aware that he didn't need much to be coaxed into doing this. He really wanted to. He was already thinking about it. But I think his friend helped him escape. And he doesn't know what state he's in. Um, he left him behind and it was kind of like a I don't think he left him behind like uh, left him behind and clearly, clearly saw him getting approached by the arena snakes it was kind of like a scatter kind of thing where you split different ways and because of us splitting they kind of had to divide forces and that helped us helped Blank at the very least escape mm. but I haven't heard from or know really the status of my friend and it's been a while I think probably like months maybe a year and uh, does your friend have a name? I'm so bad with names. What, what's Use the, the table. Yeah, it's what's so the table? The what yeah, the table's so very good. cool. It's great. great. I keep saying the longer I play role-playing games, the more I like a random table. Yeah. Love, love yeah. a random table. Del. Yeah. Del. That's a good name. Yeah. And I think Del uh, uses C-Z pronouns, actually. I'm also, the first thing that popped in my head was rather than being it like D-E-L, it's D-E-L-L like the computer. <laughs> Oh, that it is, is what it is. Oh, it is D-E-L-L. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's what I thought too. <laughs> I love it. Dell and Blank. <laughs> blank and Dell. On the run. Now we just need like a null. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was thinking null for a name at first. Like, null is a cool name, cool. but I like yeah. Blank. I like Blank yeah. a lot. Eli. Yes? You and 
Uh, Nikki, your lost love. Yes. Who said I love you first? We said it at the same time. (laughs) 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 I love the idea of it's like a quick draw, like standing opposite each other, hands at their side as they're about to pull a gun and they both say it at the same time. (laughs) Pull their gun, it says I love you on (laughs) Yeah, it's like the the cartoon, (laughs) yeah. That's what, on the inside of his six-shooter pistol, like, when you flip out to, like, reload, it says, I love you, like, engraved on that. Oh, like, okay, that's kind of cute. You know that scene from Lord of the Rings where Aragorn and uh, Arwen are standing on the bridge? <laughs> that's what it was like, but it was a gangster spaceport. They held hands <laughs> and said, I love you, at the same time. Very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I fully thought you were going to say, you know that scene in Lord of the Rings where Aragorn kicks the helmet? You know, he actually broke his toe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Viggo Mortensen actually adopted that horse. <laughs> and um, we know how that relationship ended. Where did it end? It ended uh, at the space spaceport of the gangsters, basically their garage. And we were on the run. We were about to steal uh, the fastest ship they had to get out of there for good, start a new life somewhere peaceful and pure. And uh, I was I was getting in the ship, and she was about to she was reaching for the door, about to get in, and I had all systems booted up. And then I see all I see is her eyes, and then a bullet hole through her brain, and she fell dead. And her hand slipped off the door handle and she fell dead to the ground. And I had to, and then I flew away. She told me to live. She said, go. And then I went and she was dead. (laughs) She died on screen, bullet through the head. There's no way she's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There's cyborgs and shit. I sure, she, I would give anything in this world, in all the worlds for her to come back. But dead is dead. And I'm real sad about it. Doing a lot of staring. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of staring. Anytime, uh, sometimes I'll just stop in the middle of a sentence and look wistfully <laughs> out the window, the stars passing by. They, each one of them reminds me of the, the gleam in her eyes when that bullet came through her head. It reminds oh you of that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes not like there's the a lot of stars. In her, not in the... <laughs> Not her joy, no, specifically that. <laughs> I'm sad now. You know when something, it's like in uh, in the Inside Out when that one memory colors all the other memories and then you're sad when you remember that happy memory? That's what happened to me. <laughs> That's what happened to me. That's what happened to um, me. Is, is Eli's thing also movie references? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious that's going to as well. <laughs> okay, it's it's supposed to be anachronistic, so maybe I'll only do like pre nineteen ninety one movies. Yes. <laughs> you know that scene in Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> you know that scene in the Goonies. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, uh, uh, Ward, uh, you're in too deep. We already know what unsavory organization you worked for. You worked with um, the Jacksons. With Saul Jackson with the Jacksons. Uh, your father, Mr. Jackson. My father. My father. My father. My father. Baba. 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 <laughs> My question for you is, which old friend would help you out with something illegal if you asked nicely? 
I think that maybe not a family member, but I have a like grew up friend who's still in the Jacksons. Still Would runs you with say the Jacksons. There are five of them. No. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. No. <laughs> I'll be honest. That one took me a couple of seconds. <laughs> that was um, good. Yeah, I think there's a friend who like essentially. After my brother died, I went to go home to, like, tell my family that he died. And this friend stopped me and was like, they already know, and they're going to kill you if you show up back at home. They're the one who pushed me away. And uh, you want to you wanna roll a name on, their, on the table? I would love to roll a name roll on the a table. Name. Roll a name. Roll a name. Roll a name. Roll a name. Roll that name. Uh, that is a 13. We've got Quinn. 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 Um, and I think Quinn uses they them pronouns. Quinjamin Button for full. Yeah. <laughs> for long. Quinjamin yeah. Button. I, know, I hate it. Oh my Quinjamin oh, sounds no. bad. I hate it. Because no, then we Quinjamin. We used to we used to call them Quinch. Uh, when we were, <laughs> yeah. I think that's so why I don't Quinn. like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's bad. Uh, <laughs> So Quinch. So Quinch. So Quinch. <laughs> <So quinge. laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You guys are giving no me too misses. much ammunition. No misses today. <laughs> no all misses. Hits. They're all misses. It's wild. You'd think just law of large numbers. <laughs> so Quinch. What is your most disarming feature? I think it's that I have just the most average face you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> nothing remarkable. <laughs> There's nothing face remarkable. Face only a mother could love. <laughs> about my face. It's not pretty. It's not ugly. I have no notable scars or moles. I... So your, your skin is never <laughs> acne ridden, but it's also never clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a police sketch artist, weren't I? Nice, <laughs> yeah. I both look like everyone you've ever met. And also not identifiable. <laughs> yeah. Like when SpongeBob becomes normal face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just have an extremely disarming face. <laughs> Such that, yeah, if there was a wanted poster, it'd be like, did I see them yesterday? <laughs> Maybe. I, I think this is my cashier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to have it turn out that Maria is like incredibly wanted, but just no one can get yeah. a read on what, what no she looks like. No one can find her because that <laughs> wanted poster is just kind of like, that doesn't look quite like her, but I also can't tell you why. <laughs> you can use anyone's ID as a fake because they're like, oh my yeah. god, they're like close enough. Yeah, yeah this looks like you, I guess. As lo- yeah, as long as they don't have any really notable scars, I could just kind of take anyone's ID and pass it as my. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> kind of going along the lines of kind of the musical nature of this game. Uh, I asked everyone to prepare one or two songs as well that if their character was given the aux cord on the ship, what they would end up playing. So like the jukebox that is physically on the ship. Yes. I am most curious about what the most average woman in the universe has <laughs> chosen. Oh my God. Happy birthday. Uh, oh. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> 
No, just to get it. That would be awful. That's so funny. <laughs> Maria's never allowed to have the obstacle. <laughs> Kumari will shoot someone. <laughs> um, I think I think the uh the two songs that Maria would play most often would be Sugar Town by Nancy Sinatra and Queen Jane by Bob Dylan. Oh, those are very sad songs. Yeah, when all your advisors stand co- to correct you and you cannot conceive them of your pain and you want someone to protect you, won't you come see me, Queen Jane? And like when all the clowns you've commissioned have died in battle and or in vain and you're sick of all this repetition, won't you come see me, Queen Jane? So yeah, to me, the, this song, the lyrics were very much like, when all your world is crumbling around you, won't you come see me? Like I'll basically be your 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 home. Oh, nice. Uh, Chinook, the boss. What uh, when you're not allowing uh, Maria on the oxcorn? <laughs> uh, what, what are you putting Stop on? Playing Happy Birthday. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if Maria ever puts it on to be mean, but I don't think she would. I, I think she has it loaded up. For for the day that she is hoping for, mm. when when Kamari's yeah. like, you know what? Okay, yeah. Mm. The uh, first song uh, Kamari plays when they're like in a good mood is uh, "Boss" by the Carters. Nice. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty. I thought about that one, folks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Kamari's trying to always like have an upbeat type vibe in the in the in the in the car, so they don't turn it around. Uh, so I think the next song they choose is uh, Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat yes that song has been on repeat for me <laughs> yeah. hell yeah uh, Blank our, our, our mute uh, friend what, what songs are you throwing on the ox cord when, when you get the chance I think Blank is very much the kind of person who plays one song over and over again so there's only one specific song and it's called Pizzazz by Akintonye and basically the general gist of Pizzazz is uh, the literal lyrics are, if I'm, if I'm going to be sad, I will do it with pizzazz. Um, just being like, I'm going to be cool with how sad I am. I'm going to get money out of how sad I am. Like, if I'm going to have to do it, if I'm going to have to go through this, I might as well make the best out of it. Hell yeah. What a bop. That and maybe Overload by the same, same artist, I can tell you, but definitely pizzazz. We had a pretty good idea of this, this crew. It feels like a lot of this crew is like, I'm act, I'm choosing music to try to not be sad. I'm like I'm very much <laughs> this is my escape kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ward, is that is that still true for you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess this this song isn't sad on the surface, but it it is sad the meaning behind it. But uh, "Zombie" by the Cranberries is one of one of Ward's oh. go tos. Mm. That's one of those songs that someone says it and it just starts playing in your head. Oh yeah, you can hear it perfectly in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. And uh Carolyn, Eli. What's Eli throwing on the ox? Eli Connor, don't play no happy shit. Okay? <laughs> it's called Human by Rum.gold. And I like I really like the name of it because I think it's like it's space, you know. Because it's really, it's very sexual. It's like a horny song, but it's a sad horny song. Love sad horny. Which favorite is really kind the of energy. Yeah, the best yeah. genre. <laughs> That's really the energy that Eli O'Connor gives off. 
Um, <laughs> sad and horny. And sad and, sad and, and horny. The second song that I found is pr- probably one that you'll know, and it's Alone by Heart. Oh, sure. You've definitely, definitely heard this song. And if you think you haven't, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and those are kind of the vibes. He's yep. just so sad. I like human because I feel like Eli feels very vulnerable and like very human, too much so maybe. And then alone is how he feels the rest of the time. Brian, you're going to make a playlist. Or you're gonna oh, yeah, add I'm, make, these... I'm gonna make all these playlists. So, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll send them around. <gasps> Ooh. I'm very excited to listen to all of this. Yeah. The last crew member that we we haven't touched on is the ship itself, because you know, the ship is your home. It is a, an aspect of your family. We know it's we know we're gonna be in a medium-sized ship, but what what is the vibe of this ship? Like, what's the look of this ship? What works, what doesn't? And probably most importantly, what is the name of our ship? I think the AC doesn't work. Yeah. The AC definitely yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, I think we're often hotter than we would like to be when we're on the ship. Yeah. Well, that's oh. easy. All you got to do is just open up the airlock. Open the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that um, maybe Kumari is very, like, because you want to, like, you don't like sad songs on the radio and, like, you want it to be happy that, like, a lot of the ship is very, like, colorful. Yeah, and there's like yeah, or like it's it's mix and match like pieces or parts or like it's a bad paint job, but like it's it's an attempt to to brighten things up a little bit, but it's also worn. And are you talking uh, inside the ship or outside the ship? Maybe both. Maybe both. inside. Yeah. I, as long as it has big uh, windows that kind of curve around yeah. part of it, mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. I can just really stare stare out of it. <laughs> Good yeah. staring window. I like it. And then one escape pod that Eli has sort of commandeered of just, it's got the big windows. And when in doubt, we can find you sitting there. <laughs> you just find me sitting there. Or like when you go in there and I'm not there, there's just like Kleenexes that like with salty tears. <laughs> yeah. I think Kumari also like has a bunch of like motivational posters all over the ship. And like the one in the escape <laughs> yeah. pod is just like, is the classic like cat hanging on a thing and it says hang in there just for Eli. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's like but the cat has a little astronaut helmet. I was thinking on. the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> oh my god, Jack, that's hilarious. I think if it's okay with you guys, I feel like Chinook should choose the name or like roll the dice because it feels like his ship. So yeah. mm. if you want to roll from the table or choose, I think that would be fitting. I think that makes sure. sense. Yeah, I'll roll. Oh man, there's so many good ones. And then I also think that there should be a weapons system that you have to like crawl up into, mm. like a yeah. weapons pod, mm-hmm. either two on the side or one on the side and one on like the top of the ship. Mm-hmm. I think you have to crawl into it because, like, there was like a little lift thing that would take you up, but it broke long yeah. time ago. Mm-hmm. We haven't fixed yeah. it, so you have to like yeah. actually just climb up the tube <laughs> to get yeah. up there. Maria definitely like duct taped together some some wooden spoons from the kitchen to make a ladder, because <laughs> 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 she was like, mm, engineering an elevator or lift is really beyond my expertise, so we're gonna do the next best thing. <laughs> but you know what doesn't yeah. really break? Wood. So, <laughs> yeah, the spoons kept breaking, so now it's just duct tape, like reinforcing mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. So I rolled a seven. That means our ship name is the 21st night of September. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
in a dark twist. That's, that's, Can that I be your birthday? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah. we just don't know it yet. Oh my god, that's your birthday. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> Maria, Woo! random tables, random that's tables, crazy. random tables. That's really good. Also, I love also it. not for nothing, we're recording the first session of this on the 21st night <gasps> of September. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Fate. Wait. That's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like the origins of 007 all over again. So good. Oh, damn, God. We've gotten really lucky with Fate. dates specifically on this show. <laughs> that's oh really good. That's Truly magical. The other ship thing for ship equipment, I w- wanted to pick rudimentary Android, and I would like them to be crank powered, so that if we want the Android <laughs> yep. to do anything, we have to spend a minute just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yes. that. Uh, what is uh, the Android's name? Or it could be like, you know, what is the uh, what's the company name? I feel like you should. We should roll for it. Or you, I feel like a crank yeah. robot would have an old-fashioned name. I don't know if it was in the U.S. as well, but in the U.K., there was this um, old show. I, I probably shouldn't say old because I was sure going to say I'm very <laughs> excited to see what Careful. show you name it. Be like I watched it, that in college. <laughs> it was called The <laughs> Old Office. Show from so long ago. So Stop long ago. You know Futurama, yeah. right? No. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> 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 no, there's a show where it was like it was a, a a car that was alive, not cars, but like it was a car that Herbie? was alive. Yes, Herbie fully loaded. That is actually yes. old. that counts as an old. That counts as old. Yeah, what yeah, if okay. Andrew was Herbie? <laughs> Herbie's a good. That's I like Herbie. Cute. As I an love Herbie. Hey, could you crank up Herbie? Yeah, <laughs> somebody crank Herbie. <laughs> wind up Herbie again. It's a wind up Android. We have to like remember to wind it like a watch, or it doesn't function. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's how we run the ship. <laughs> oh my God, that's how we run the ship. Yeah, well, that's we just, how we fi- fill the, uh, the extra the seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we each choose one thing that it has on the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we? Should we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell you mine? Yeah, hit me up. What do, what do you think should be on the ship? I want. I like the skeleton key card. I just think mm. that's going to be really come in handy. I think having a magical key that opens different doors is real fun. I really thought you were just going to say we have a skeleton on board. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, we do pranks. We do pranks. Oh, we do <laughs> pranks. Good. We've got to decorate for Halloween. It's going to be Halloween in one month on our ship. <laughs> it's going to be Halloween. Cool. So we have the ship has Herbie, our our wind up crank powered uh, android. We have a skeleton key card uh, that gives us access to essentially any door we're trying to get into. Uh, blank. What what would you bring to the the ship, or or what uh, what do you think the ship needs? Just because I think it'll be really interesting to have to use uh, poor quality spacesuits. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we have to a D6 <laughs> to know how many of them we have. But D6 worth of poor quality spacesuits. I got a D6 right here. I got you D6 right here. <laughs> we got, <laughs> we, we got, I rolled a five, so we got five. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. nice. We have five spacesuits? Yeah. yeah. Five spacesuits. Well, there's five of us. Whoa. Unfortunately, uh, Herbie also needs oxygen. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> so sorry, Herbie. <laughs> 
Um, it's an oxygen-powered droid. Yeah. <laughs> an oxygen-powered wind-up power droid. Yeah. yeah, the winding gets the oxygen into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's a bellows system. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I'll go over to uh, uh, Schnook, the boss. What, what, uh, what, what does your ship have on it? Kumari has a, a bio compass on the ship to uh, presumably for like bounty hunter jobs, but Kumari's also looking for someone from their birthday party to give them answers. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm. And BioCompass is able to like uh, detect people, right? Yeah, you can uh, like put their like biological, like a hair or like, I don't know, sweat in it and they can like, like a DNA tracker through the compass. Yeah. And then uh, Abby. I think system communicators so that we can do chats from different parts of the ship. We love doing chats. Oh, little chat. We love doing Ooh. chat. I love our little chat. There's a I bathroom phone. We can talk while someone's in the bathroom. Yeah, I think that, that Maria picked this up when, when she and Kamari made their very first stop because... She was like, you still have to drive the ship and I have to go do other things, but you can still call me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's cool. We can do chats. We just don't, we don't need to be in the same room. No, but why not? We could, we could be Willy Wonka bed buddies. <laughs> I think Maria does like sleep on an air mattress on the floor of Kumari's captain's quarters. And Kumari's in the captain's oh quarters. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely yeah. how we yeah, do it. Yeah. I love how codependent our captain is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so codependent it's crazy. <laughs> uh, Abby, as far as the communicators go, just because everything in this world is like a little bit shitty because it's mass produced, mm -hmm. what is inconvenient about the communicators? Um, like, do you have to dial an extension? Are they heavy? Are they glitchy? I think that they are glitchy. Like, there's there's a lot of cross frequency. So sometimes you'll like pick up the radio in the middle of someone's sentence or they'll oh just God. sort of like Love. cut out for a couple of words or do the thing where it's like, <laughs> ah, 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 mm. And you're like, are you going into a tunnel? What's happening? A wormhole? Are you going through a wormhole? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> so this is the 21st night of September. It is a medium-sized vessel uh, what do you think this vessel was originally used for? Like, was it a freighter? Was it a transport ship? Was it a, like, some kind of medium-sized gunship? Like, what was it originally used for before you guys bought it and slowly ship of Theseus did? They have a table for that! Oh! <laughs> really? Wait, okay, what page is that? Uh, Shnook, since you're the cat, you want to roll a, roll a D6? I'll let I'll let Carolyn roll it since uh, she was so excited about <laughs> there being a table. God, I do love to roll. Okay, let's roll. We got a two. So that means it was a bounty, bounty hunter ship. The biocompass makes sense now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was the former origin. And then there's the, sh there's the former purpose. And then there's a ship origin, which someone else should roll. Yeah, anyone else got a D6 they want to roll? Hit it. That's a one. Found in a junk heap. Oh, Maybe found in a junk away. heap. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and I, is, I, can Herbie be like kind of bloodlusty because he was part of a bounty hunter <gasps> ship? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah. We can't give Herbie too much oxygen. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. It's Herbie. Herbie has weapons. He is literally Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I like the idea also if he starts to get a little too bloodlusty that we kind of like crank him back down. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Take the, out his oxygen. Uh, <laughs> Light a fire inside him. The uh, the pen thing. The key. The key. The key. The key. That yeah, sounds like right. a winding key. Yeah. 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 Like a little wind up. Yeah, doll just pull that the key. None if of us he gets have ever violent. played with, yeah. but we know from cartoons. <laughs> Wait, there is there are a couple more tables here for the ship. I'm gonna go and roll on the oh. ship chassis table. Ooh, Ooh the chassis. Uh, six. It is large, lumbering, and obtuse. A real heavyweight. Yeah. It is. <laughs> the bosom of it. the ship. The bosom of What's the chassis. The bosom of like the ship. The, the body of it? Yeah, it's like it? the yeah. main body. Can I roll for one? Yeah, you want to roll on uh, the additional features table? Yeah. Or on the ship weapon table. Oh. <laughs> well, let's see. Well, no, you got to call it before you roll it. Nope. Um, I All right. <laughs> the, you said additional features, so I rolled three. It has a galactic map deck. Makes travel a breeze. Ooh. Oh, nice. And, uh, nice. Makes sense Tossy. for a former bounty hunty sh- bounty hunter ship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, Drek, do you want to roll on the, the ship weapon table? Yeah. Four. Multi-cannon. Multi-cannon. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to fuck someone up. I feel like Kumari <laughs> got, you know, a little too revengeful one day and saw those cannons and was like, these will be perfect. <laughs> this is what we need. <laughs> this is what I need. <laughs> Find the answers that I want. I'm really waiting for that one battle when we can bring out Herbie and crank his oxygen up all the way. way. (laughs) Fully load Herbie. I'd like to use all my turns to crank. (laughs) We throw Herbie because we know we're in range. Herbie will see us as an enemy. So we crank it and throw Herbie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, With the ship, there are uh, three stats we have to choose for the ship, which are systems, mobility, and body. Body is basically the, the kind of toughness of the ship. Mobility is the speed, dexterity type thing. And systems are basically anything to do with the mechanical systems of the ship. We get to put a plus zero on one, a plus one on one, and a plus two on one. Ooh. I say plus two on the body, especially from what we yeah. rolled, right? Yeah, it's like large. Like, yeah, yeah, and plus booty. zero big, big on dexterity or whatever it was. Mobility, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mobility. Then one on systems. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Love it. Yeah, we don't move fast, yeah. but if we get in range, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Boy, are you in trouble. Yeah. Because also we're beefy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that for a former bounty hunting ship that like maybe it was more agile, but then the shit that we've added to it for like whatever. <laughs> the aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's really yeah. upset the balance. And so she's not so aerodynamic anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever Kumari's really like heavy. nonsense is, <laughs> Post- weighing, the, weighing down there the are a lot of posters. So heavy. Wait, Kumari, <laughs> what's the paint job on uh, the outside? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's uh like all pastel colors, just like a pastel everything. Yeah, I like that. What's that artist that does those smiling flowers? It's the Japanese um, artist. Murakami. Yeah. It is Murakami. Yeah, yeah. Takashi Murakami. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm picturing. Happy. In like all pastels. 
Just you guys are just a beacon of of happiness oh, yeah. flying through the outer <laughs> yeah. galaxy. Yeah. That's terrifying. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah. Could a depressed person have a ship this far? <laughs> Trying so hard to not be sad. It's like this is what Kumari's therapist once told them years ago. We need <laughs> <in> therapy. <laughs> I like the idea that they um he told us that if anyone questions it, they're like, it helps with cloaking. Yeah, it's like, um, how does it help with clothes? What's it? <laughs> is it Hitchhiker's Guide where they paint the mountain pink to make it disappear? Yeah, or, I think or, so. Yeah. Feels yeah. Like Hitchhiker's Guide. yeah, it's one of those. It's one of the Douglas Adams, but hell yeah, we've got our ship, we've got our crew. Uh, but any last things anyone wants to toss in uh, to this world before we get started? I actually do have a thing. Yeah. The company or like the the company or brand of my hoverboard. There we go. Uh, before I ship a thesis there. Um, it was Saffron Technologies. I think it was, I'm going to go Saffron with. Technology. Ooh, cool. yeah. Saffron Technologies. That is an extremely That's cool name. Nice. And like they they have everything from like boards to uh, like pens, like just like everything they got their grubby little mitts in. Um, <laughs> it's like the Hitachi of yeah. space, where they make like vibrators and like high powered like <laughs> lawnmowers. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they make like military gear as well. Like mm-hmm. just a wide range of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that is all for this session zero of my first dungeon for Orbital Blues. Tune in next week as the 21st night of September blasts off into the frontier galaxy. Thank you once again to uh, Soul Muppet Publishing for sponsoring this season. Please go right now. Check out their Kickstarter for Orbital Blues Afterburn, the supplemental book to the Orbital Blues game. It's going to be very cool. Lots of like ship related stuff and a massive adventure, as well as a bunch of other uh, smaller modules that they're including within their Kickstarter. Go check it out. There's so much cool stuff there. And last but not least, as always, remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 You can't force it. You can't. You can't rush you can't it. Force it. Hey, it was, hey, it was natural. Not trying to force it. <laughs> Here's me. Not trying to force it. If you're hearing this, that means you listen to every last second of this episode. If you're not caught up yet, that's great because then there's plenty more to listen to. But if you are caught up and you simply can't wait for the next episode, then you should head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and become a member of the Dice Pool. For just a few bucks a month, you'll get cast talkbacks, original games, and a full-length bonus actual play each and every month. As of the end of 2023, there is already over 20 hours of bonus audio plus a whole bunch of other goodies to enjoy. So head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. We'll see you there.